0: Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the beginning of the Gauntlet 2. Raymond, we have been dreading this since all the injuries happened, but finally, finally, the 49ers we knew existed within this team, they finally appeared, they finally showed up. This was the week the Niners came to play and it was against their biggest opponent of the year the round one of the gauntlet this is a six round tournament and finally our 49ers came to play now before we talk about it because we're about to get into this i am more excited for this episode than i have been for any episode all season long but before we get started Raymond let them know where we are because we have a two new places youtube and instagram they are going off so let them know where they can find us on those platforms and everywhere else. You
1: can like us at Instagram at the Goldcast and you can also follow us on YouTube or subscribe on YouTube at the well youtube.com slash the gold cast and be sure to subscribe to us and like and comment and hit the little notification bell if you're on youtube because that way you get notified when our brand new episodes go live which uh at this point during the regular season in the nfl it's always mondays and thursdays is when our recap and preview episodes go live and be sure to follow us elsewhere too we're also on apple podcast stitcher uh stitcher and spotify and everywhere that podcasts are syndicated you can find the gold cast it's always the gold cast everywhere with the exception of twitter which is the underscore gold cast so be sure to follow us like subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast whether you're at work you're on your commute you're at home you're working out be sure to plug us in Give us a like, give us a combo, give us a comment because it helps feed the algorithm. And we're certainly looking to get bumped up into the charts here because this is very fun for us to do, and it's even more fun when you guys chime in. So be sure to like, subscribe, comment. You know the deal, get it done.
0: <laughs> you know the deal, get it done. All right, Raymond. Here we are. Week six. We are going to get into this a game a great game not a perfect game and there are still some concerns coming out of that game there're still things we are far from out of the fire but it is probably the most promising game we've had thus far definitely one of the most active games in terms of social media man the rams fans came out to hunt us after that podcast and i don't know if louis b got everyone honest but like man they were on twitter on instagram on youtube these guys were out to get us here we go raymond it's time you're the greatest fanalist in the game you're here i'm the professor of fanalism class is in session let's go san francisco are you ready this is the Gold Cast. We Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host Raymond Salisa III, baby. The third? You're the third? I mean, the first. <laughs>
1: I guess I'm the third today. I, it's our third <laughs> win of the season, as was on my head. <laughs>
0: it's okay. I'm Rudy Sleece the first. That's Raymond Sleece the third. This episode is upside down. We're going with it. Raymond, okay. The gauntlet two. Let me break this down. Let me set this up in the way only the Gold Cast can do. So, first of all, this was the game. This was the series. This was the stretch from week seven, eight, 9, 10, 11. Uh, Again, in no particular order. I keep forgetting the order. We were talking the Rams, the Seahawks, the Patriots, the Packers, the Rams, and the Saints. All in one single stretch. Every one of these teams. The gauntlet, too. The gauntlet last year, which was a, a a term we didn't even coin. This was a term that was coined by the media. Was the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints. Three teams. Now, the new gauntlet is literally six teams. The Patriots are here now. Double the the amount of opponents. the, The Rams twice. Double the amount. The gauntlet two is more intense than anything we faced in the gauntlet one. And Raymond, our first opponent was the Rams. Coming off two embarrassing, devastating losses. One to the Philadelphia Eagles, the other one to the Miami Dolphins, we who might act the Dolphins might actually be better than they than they appear to be. The Eagles appear to be as poor as we thought they were. But after those two losses, after the injuries sustained, Jimmy G getting benched, not because he was playing bad, we keep emphasizing this to the Goldcast Empire. We seem to be the only people that are saying this, but because they wanted to literally physically protect him because that's how much trouble he was in. Right, which was affecting his ability to play efficiently. Yes, absolutely. After those two losses, we now have to face a Los Angeles Rams team that is resurgent. A Los Angeles Rams team that is back. A Los Angeles Rams team that is rolling and believe that they legitimately are once again in the hunt, led by Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and Aaron Donald, this team is in the hunt to now make a statement and capture either the the wild card or first place in the NFC West. That's the Rams teams. They're, they're, they're back. They're like, right, our, our Super Bowl hangover is done. The Niners Super Bowl hangover has just begun. We're here to take this. And they thought they were going to sit here and come into Levi's Stadium and roll over on our Niners. Louis B. Our LA co host, our esteemed LA co host, the entire week was fully under the assumption that the 49ers were going to lose this game. I, ashamedly, predicted, Raymond, last week on this episode that we would lose. My final prediction was 24 20 in favor of the Rams. Tell the Gold Cast Nation, tell the people, what was your prediction?
1: My prediction was 24 21 Niners.
0: Niners. Niners in favor of the Niners. Now we are both right on the Niners score. <laughs> we both hit 24. Well, you you thought twenty
1: because you said you said the Rams were gonna win by- Yeah.
0: In fact, yeah, I was right on the number, just wrong on the team. That's really <laughs> what it was. That's that's what it was. So Raymond, final score 24-16. The Niners put up a dominant performance. This game to me and I want to hear everything you have to say because I know you're going to break this down in only way, in only a way the greatest fans in the game can do. This game to me looked like precision Kyle Shanahan. We weren't necessarily the better team. We weren't necessarily the healthier team. But we literally dissected what this team was good at. We pulled it apart and we Stopped their defense. We stuffed Aaron Donald. We made Aaron Donald look like our little boy. And then we gashed their defense, at least for the first half. And put together what I thought was the kind of game we saw for 17 weeks last year. And this was the game we expected in week one. We expected a continuation of the team that dominated so aggressively last year. And we finally got our first Real 49ers game. You know, it's arguably preseason really was that first month. And this was the first game where the 49ers felt like themselves despite all the injuries. I want to pass it to you. I do have some concerns about the second half. We're going to get into that. But let's start, Raymond, with you. Your fanalism. Tell me, what did you see in this game that was positive. What, what, what improvements did the 49ers make to give us this huge must win in order to even consider getting the playoffs? Must win
1: game. So there were three phases last week that the Niners were absolutely atrocious in and just couldn't find, couldn't catch a break no matter what. So, A, quarterback play, B, the offensive line, and C, uh, the secondary. So those were the areas that really needed to improve this coming week. And the best phases of this game were absolutely the quarterback. Jimmy G had an amazing game. The offensive line, which didn't allow a single sack, not even from the sack leader himself, Aaron Donald was completely shut out. Only one quarterback hit all game long and two tackles to uh, to boot. And the secondary really took away most of Jared Goff's weapons. I mean, if we had a better pass rush, it would have been even far worse for him this past night because a lot of those throws were, there was, the coverage was tight, pass deflections, you know, God, if if we had the pass rush, we would have gotten, we actually would have probably gotten, like maybe like make two or three coverage sacks. There was enough happening there in the secondary to really shut down that passing core that we could have gotten that. So the Niners did a complete 180 from last week where they they got the quarterback in line, they got the protection necessary to give him time to, to throw, and they the secondary also got healthier and played much more tighter football, with the exception of Jason Verrett, who was already playing really good this season and who just keeps getting better every single week. How amazing has he been the past few weeks? So that's that's what I saw
0: in a nutshell. Absolutely. As I said, this game how, how do you feel about when i say this that this game felt like it was dissected by kyle shanahan and robert solid well, was efficiency
1: so we're clearly not the healthier team out of these two teams we are and
0: arguably right now given the injuries not the better team either well uh, rec- arguably
1: are uh, arguably, uh, arguably I mean, record wise we're certainly not the better team health wise we're certainly not that either So what did this really come down to? You know, when we were talking about the matchups last week, I thought that Kyle Shanahan had a clear edge over Sean McVay. Because remember, Sean McVay is a protege of Kyle Shanahan, not the other way around. And shout out to the fan who... Who thought otherwise? There's nothing wrong with your position and your opinion. We really appreciate you uh, giving that comment on the YouTube video. I know some other people commented too. But I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. And I know that later on you conceded to another person who was on the thread as well. And, you know, so mad respect to you for uh, being cordial and chiming in there. Really appreciate it, especially coming from uh, someone who uh, had some, who was definitely coming from the Rams perspective of things. So always nice to see that. And um, definitely, if you are an opposing fan of the team that the Niners are going to play and you comment on our thread, I'm going to give you first shout-out just for being uh, bold enough to shout-out on the comments thread. So shout-out to that to that user. That was awesome of him. But the results spoke for themselves, right? Not only did I get this, the score was pretty close. I got the right score on the Niners side. The Rams were five points shy of my prediction on them. But... I thought that the Niners would have a really bounce back game. I didn't know it was going to be that efficient. I mean, for some reason, Jared Goff just came out real flat in the opening series. Like he just wasn't. He had the he had guys in position, but just couldn't make the throws. Emmanuel Mosley was back in the lineup. That was amazing to see. He had three three really big pass breakups, and you know his only mistake was the pass interference late in the game. To Reynolds, which actually he ends up catching it anyways and got the touchdown. That was the really only big mistake he made all night. Jason Verrett was absolutely nails. He was shut down all night long and then had the amazing interception where he actually lets go of his defender to come around and defend. Who defend? I think it was Mo, or Jimmy Ward or Mose, I can't remember on the play, but whoever it was got beat on the play. And Jason Verrett left his defender, turned around and came in and made an amazing catch. And was also at the very edge of the end zone, and was able to keep concentration to keep himself inbounds and get the and and, and keep possession of that ball, which would then you know be a touchback on the other end. So that was an amazing play by Jason Verrett, who also had a couple of pass deflections that night. Fred Warner continues to play like a Pro Bowl
0: linebacker. He, I'm... Sean McVay, Sean McVay in the press conference called Fred Warner one of the best, most underappreciated players in the league. That's what Sean McVay said about Fred Warner.
1: Yes. Yes. And rightfully so. I mean, Fred Warner was amazing. Uh there's not too much I can say that, you know, hasn't already been said about him. He, he, you know, he just, he's so good sideline. I mean, Chris Collinsworth was praising Fred Warner in the game as well. Talking about Fred Warner's sideline to sideline speed, you know, he, I think he covered like 22. He, on average, he covered like double digit, the amount of yards when he has to go sideline to sideline on average before he actually gets to an opposing player to make the tackle. I mean, just really, really good stuff. Uh, just very impressive. Um, on the other side, uh, I think it's Leonard Floyd. That's the one linebacker on the Rams side. That guy is actually pretty good too. He was doing a lot of uh, – he was kind of flashing a little bit there at the game. But, uh, but, uh, but outside of that, I mean, again, you got to go to the Louis B., the, the only Rams fan on the planet podcast starring Louis B., produced by Louis B., directed by Louis B., written by Louis B., <laughs> but, I mean, Mosley led the charge. Mosley and Greenlaw led the charge in tackles on our side defensively. So, again, great. Fred Warner was third on the team and Jimmy Ward. Iron Man, was fourth on the team with tackles today. Um, no sacks. That was the only thing that I thought was pretty disappointing. But, again, that's how... This actually is, despite it being kind of a negative, it's like, oh, I would have liked to see them get some sacks. The, you know, the, the guys we had in there were healthy, but for some reason, Eric Armstead was getting double teamed. Kerry Hyder couldn't get penetration. And DJ Jones was not doing anything um, like DJ Jones we saw in some of the previous games leading up to this game. But what I will say is that the fact that they didn't get sacks, and were still able to defend the path in the manner in which they did is a testament to just how good the secondary played this week against a—that's not an easy wide receiver core that you're dealing with over there in Los Angeles. I mean, Josh Reynolds is a younger guy, but, I mean, you have Robert Woods, a.k.a. Bobby Trees, great. You have two tight ends there that are very capable of catching with Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee. You have Malcolm Brown. You have Cooper Cup, the number one who really
0: was a shell of himself in this game. So it just, you know, you So can we can I talk about that for one second? Sure. Now, for anyone that was a fan of the Gold Cast, anyone who knows me in Fantasy for the last 2 years, my big phrase was Cooper cup whenever in Fantasy cuz I love him in Fantasy. Then are 3 years ago. Last year had a huge regression. This year kind of has resurfaced as a you know, a a strong player. And then this year I said, Well, it's not about Cooper Cup. It's about deep bo which we're gonna get into in a second. But Cooper Cup, three receptions, eleven yards.
1: Yeah, his average was three point seven, which was, you know, marginally we, better than Jarek McKinnon's uh yards per carry.
0: We shut down a player who, in my opinion, has one, been one of the best wide receivers of the last three years. We shut him down. We held him to 11 yards without Richard Sherman. Without Richard Sherman, I, I want to repeat that one more time, just in case you didn't hear it the first time. Without Richard Sherman, Jason Verrett was doing a very good
1: Richard Sherman impersonation, and actually had, uh, I thought, you know, showed a little bit more, you know, athleticism on that pick. He said, not to say that. Richard Sherman does not have athleticism when it comes to making interceptions. He's, I think he has the most interceptions in the NFL from when he first got into the league up until now. But at the same time, the adjustment uh, that Jason Vrett made on that play was definitely, th- that is high caliber, you know, execution there by a guy who's been riddled with injuries for five straight seasons and for him to come back and work as hard as he has and make the progress that he's made with this team and even had the shortcomings that he did last year. Remember when he came into the Pittsburgh game, got burned by Washington, got pulled immediately after two plays, including that bomb to Washington that put up another score late in the game on that one, sat down, super discouraging for him. But for him to come all the way back and just to persevere, as, as Dante Hittner pointed out, you know, not many guys, most guys are not making that journey five years of injuries most guys are going to just say i give up i retire it's just not in the cards my body's telling me something but jason vrett didn't do that not only did he not do that but he came back and through the first few weeks that he's been playing he's been playing at a high caliber level of cornerback and that is just there's just a i just feel like there's a lot to be said about that because you think about the the journey and the level of play we're getting at him right now he's back he's actually these I'd say, the past three weeks he's been, you know, very close to Pro Bowl form, which he has been there before, by the way. So it's within him. It's not. It's not a foreign level of play to him. So, man, I mean, we we forgot to do you know players to watch on our last preview episode. Oh but, snap! We did. But gosh darn it! Um, if there was someone to watch on Sunday, it was definitely you know Verret Mosley, a, a hard number two on defense and offensively. Definitely, I would say Jimmy G. Uh, how is he going to bounce back from that performance last week after getting sat down from clearly wasn't hundred percent on the ankle and then I'm not sure who else you'd watch there. You know, you pick pick your poison, you know, because Raheem Mostert was great until he got injured. And I guess we're going to talk a little bit about that. That was definitely one of the, the drawbacks of that win. But um, but um, other than that, I mean. This was this was some sharp play and some sharp play so just a really a really sharp game plan by Kyle Shanahan that just took full advantage of this Rams defense and really put everyone in a position to succeed within the
0: offense. Absolutely a phenomenal game, a phenomenal showing. Let's talk about our boy Jimmy G cuz I feel like you and I have spent the last season and a half defending Jimmy G. We're both uh, stark defenders of him. He's a he's a very good quarterback. He's the kind of quarterback you want when your team has a lead. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen on third down, especially after having Alex Smith, who literally statistically career-wise is one of the worst quarterbacks on third down. This is a guy who got murdered after the benching last week. Everyone tried to say it was because of his play. Regardless of how many times San Francisco says it was because of the injury, no one was buying it. Jimmy G this week went 23 of 33, 268 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero sacks. That's the most important statistic which you've already alluded to earlier. Our offensive line finally came to play. 268 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Jared Goff, on the other hand, went 19 of 38. Five more attempts and four less completions. He got 198 yards versus Jimmy G's 268 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. There's the difference, right? Jimmy G gets a touchdown on that third pass. Jared Goff gets an interception. That is the difference. Therein lies the difference there with this team. That Jimmy G, first of all, you and I said this in week two. He was gashing. He was gashing. Was it the Giants first or the Jets? I always forget. Uh, The Jets. Before he went out, you mean. Before he went out on his one leg. He was gashing them on one leg. We already saw this play from him in week two. Last week, he clearly wasn't ready. And then this week, he came out to play. But if you have been paying attention, if you've actually been honestly watching Jimmy G – His first game, he looked very rusty, understandable. Not everybody's Patrick Mahomes, you know, with a million healthy weapons ready to go. You know, some of us actually have to kind of find our way through a season. We don't have just a million weapons completely healthy after the offseason. Jimmy G looked out of sorts. None of his wide receivers could get open. Week two, he comes back on one leg and balls out. Then gets hurt, gets pulled. And then here we are now back in week six, and he really comes to play. Again, a lot of issues with the ankle in week five. They were talking about a lot on the episode. He really bounced back. He deserves his credit. He deserves your respect because Jimmy G played really well this weekend. So, Raymond, let's move on. Let's move on to the second half. couple things, a couple odds and ends I want to talk about. Let's get to the negatives. Raheem Mostert goes out. Today it's been announced it's a high ankle sprain. First of all, can we talk about high ankle sprains with the 49ers? Explain to me. Why is everything a high ankle sprain with the 49ers? My ankle, my ankle is right by my foot. It's right by my foot, right where my ankle is. Why are all the 49ers' ankles so high? Why are they so high? Why is everything a high ankle sprain with the 49ers? I don't understand. Confuses me. Raheem Mostert's out for several weeks. That's not good. But Raheem Mostert goes out in the second half. I'm looking right here at the box score. We go seven points in the first quarter, 14 points in the second, zero in the third, three in the fourth. I mean, it isn't, it isn't hyperbolic to say that the 49ers offense took a complete stop. And this seems to be the story all year, right? When one guy goes down in this 49ers offense, the whole thing just falls apart. It's like a house of cards, you know, and 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 the the defense really kept us in this game, and I kept sitting there going, man, this defense is going to break. This defense is going to break, and they came really close a couple times, but they they held on that Jason Brett interception, arguably the play of the game, the most important play to happen in the second half that kind of sealed the win aside from Debo's final scramble to get us that first down to, uh, you know, so we could take a knee and end the game, that was it. Or how about how about the third
1: down conversion by Jimmy G when he had to scramble? The big run. Didn't get the first down but got enough yards to put Robbie Gold in position for a 49-yard field goal. That's a difference between 49 and like 52 is what he would would have happened there which does make a difference for a kicker and we were able to put up, you know, that was able to uh, put the score up to 24, forcing the Rams that they can only tie at that point if they score and do a two-point conversion. Um, so, so that that was a, a killer play. I mean, you talk about somebody on a bad ankle, which he still was, by the way. That, I mean, for those of you who watched, they were doing instant replays on Jimmy Garoppolo. They were doing play um, his footwork during the Miami game, footwork during this game, and he was still he was definitely planting a smidge more. But he was definitely lifting the ankle a little bit prematurely and not being able to kind of fully step into the throws yet. So he still wasn't 100 percent, which is why you saw a lot of the dink and dunks. I think I think like 90 percent of the throws that Jimmy completed on the night were like, you know, five yards or less screen screens, um, quick slants. You know, the longest pass of the night. Was you know because remember Kyle Shannon gets players that can get yak. He's not necessarily bombing. You know he's not bombing the hell out of teams the same way that the Kansas City Chiefs do with their speedsters. What he does do is he gives gives short yardage passing plays, very quintessential West Coast Bill Walsh style offense. Then he lets the players get the the remainder of those yards. That's why. You know, a lot of the players that we recruit are players that have ability to break tackles and get yards as a catch. Devo Samuel can do it, Brennan Ayuk can do it, George Kittle's one of the best in the league that can do it. Uh, uh, Jarek McKinnon is able to do it when he catches out of the backfield, Kyle Juszczyk as well. So all these guys do the same thing. There was a little, little bit of Trent Taylor action in this game too. Still not seeing much of him. So I'm not sure what the deal is. Just feel like he's not getting the separation, not getting the looks. So definitely not seeing what I what we saw out of him in his rookie season. So unfortunately I think he's just still recovering from those injuries, not quite up to full efficiency yet, but hopefully he progresses as the season goes on. But again, that third down to get the field goal for Robbie Gould was huge. The third down to ice the game by Debo Samuel on that third and seven was huge. The fourth and two gutsy call to go for the slant play that ends up being a 44-yard touchdown by George Kittle. That was huge. There's just a lot of great plays that were made there. We were only five for 13 on third down efficiency. That's 38%. There's just one, one hair better than the Rams who were four for 12 at 33%. So just uh, not pit too big of a difference there, but majority of our punts did come in the second half because, A, the Rams adjusted their defense and, and made us one-dimensional. They took away the run game. We also didn't have Mostert in there, so we didn't have our best runner in there. But, uh, you know, McKinnon did okay. I thought McKinnon was very—this was the first flat game I've seen out of McKinnon, but, again, wasn't a, didn't have a big role in, in this game plan as we saw in previous weeks. But apparently he's going to have a bigger role going forward because— Kyle Shanahan said that, you know, he Mostert's likely going to go on IR. So minimum of three games. So get ready to see more Jarek McKinnon. But Jamichael Hastie, the rookie, I thought he came in and did some really nice touches. He was nine attempts, 37 yards, had a 4.1 average and had that long 10-yard run. So I thought I, I, there's a little bit of good burst and shiftiness out of him I saw coming out of the, hitting those holes. So that was good, promising. Again, I don't know much about this guy. But again, uh, we've actually had a lot of good luck recruiting running backs on this team, You know whether they're healthy or not. But uh, so hopefully uh, we'll see more. I think we're going to see him and Hasty. Uh, there's a good chance that he comes in because Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr. was non-existent in this game. So clearly, Hasey's been giving more touches. So he's winning those battles in the practices. So we're definitely going to see him. I'm guessing as the number two back. I'm not sure when Tevin Coleman's timeline is
0: to return. I, I'm not sure, but I'm I doubt he comes back for Week Seven. Yeah, they said it's pretty. Kyle Shanahan said it's pretty questionable. It doesn't sound like they're very confident.
1: Yeah. So again, you're going to see combat. a one, two punch between Jarek McKinnon and Jamichael hasty, which I'm pretty excited about. Cause we know we're, what we're going to get out of uh, Jarek McKinnon and hasty looked really good last week against a front. That's not an easy front to run against. But again, uh, the offense was flat in the second half, but thankfully the defense kept up and we made plays when we needed to the most. Again, the third, do- the third down conversion to get the field goal for Robbie Gold. And, of course, the third and seven to ice the game, Badeeble Samuel, who was terrific in the running game and the passing game today. So, uh, I'm, well, I keep saying today, but last night uh, is when this game happened. But, uh, but, again, a lot of good things out of this team. Definitely still need to clean some stuff up. Daniel Brunskill, how about some of the one-on-one
0: matchups he did to shut down Aaron Donald? Oh, my word. Can we just talk about just the in general, the the way the Niners were able to shut down after all the shit Aaron Donald's talked in and after the game?
1: Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that was again, this is a team that this is a a line that allowed eight sacks against an average Miami front last week. So for them to come back and shut out. A really good defensive line that is far better than Miami, and has the sack lead, the NFL sack leader in Aaron Donald. Just a, remember, I thought Aaron Donald would get his numbers. I thought he would get two and a half to three sacks this game. He ended up getting a big fat zero. So, a uh, prediction I am happy to own up to and that so big credit to the offensive line. The question is, can they keep it up consistently? Obviously they stepped it up and it's different. The psychology is different when you come back from an embarrassing, you know, 40-point loss, you know, against a a lesser opponent to going to a home game against a division a division rival where every division game matters. So that's a, a different transition versus okay, now how can you carry this momentum into Foxborough against a New England team that's also going to be looking to bounce back, which we'll talk about more as, as we get later on into the week because they're coming off of, you know, arguably what we can call as a quote-unquote COVID loss, not being able to practice, Cam Newton not being able to practice, the, the loss before that they didn't have Cam Newton because of COVID. So that you could arguably say that the last couple of losses they've gone through have been COVID related. So how does the Niners keep momentum to take on and you know compete against a team that's definitely going to be looking to get back into the win column because they feel a little bit handicapped by the way things turned out at least that's the way Cam Newton made it sound in the press conference. But again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but there's just a lot of good things to be happy about and pleased about with this level of play. I think the only thing concern or I guess the the main you know, hope going forward is that can the Niners maintain this momentum on a road game? They've been great on the road this year. It's, it's home where we've had our issues. All three of our losses have been at home this year, and we're undefeated on the road. So that's good news. The question is, you know, can they keep it up and make it a 4-0 run? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, so far, amazing win. All-around amazing effort.
0: Absolutely. This is the episode I was the most excited to record. It's the episode I was the most happiest about to finally, because those last wins were gritty. They were tough. They were nail biters. We were clearly a shell of our former selves. This is the first game that despite the injuries, the Niners put together the kind of win we've been looking for. I don't think it's a coincidence that it, that it happens in week six when technically our preseason this is kind of week 2 for these guys you know what i mean it really is if you think about it like and and you're seeing this with a lot of teams look at tampa bay finally putting it together look at new england kind of starting to go down you know like like you you're, you know you're seeing this kind of across the board and also
1: also feeling the pressure too of of again in the most competitive division in all of football in the NFC West. So you can't go down to every, in every game count. So right now we're one and one in division, which is where we need to be. We actually need to not lose another game. You know, best case scenario is they don't drop another game in the division because it's just that competitive. The Cardinals won uh, tonight against Dallas. Again, Dallas is decimated with injuries and already had the worst defense in the NFL. So no surprise that they blew them out. Hardcore um, more. It's, it's more of, You know, it's not that the Cardinals are that great. It's more that they just, you know, the talent that they had just really is no is, you know, is Dallas's defense is inferior to the talent they have on offense, which is why you had the result that you did. It's not so much that the Cardinals are an amazing contender contending football team, uh, but it's just that they're just playing a really shitty opponent. Mm that's it's my opinion because look how they've played in previous weeks it wasn't like us where we came out where we lost to the cardinals because we were missing some key key pieces and it was a close game and then we had back-to-back blowouts against lesser opponents and then injuries just started to pile up too much and we couldn't sustain ourselves but we we're able to bounce back because we got some pieces back you know we got raheem moster back got jimmy back got emmanuel mosley back you know the, those were big things those are those were a big deal so a little bit different there but again don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. That's the, uh, I don't know what what the hell is the Cardinals cast called.
0: We'll, we'll come up with it. We'll come back to that. We'll a <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. couple things I want to talk about before we close up. Before we close up, a couple things I want to talk about. Um, Shanahan got a new cap. He yes. ditched the Raiders colored 49er cap, which nobody liked, and his family's very superstitious. Superstitious. So apparently, according to the rumors out there. His family was like, "Look, you got to get rid of this gray cap. This gray cap's no good." He's like, "Well, I'm not going back to the red one. He got the black and red. Call back to the '90s 49ers logo.
1: They also had to throw. They had the, the '90s throwback uh, uniforms on." At night, as you can see in Kerry Hyder's numbers, there they've got the uh, the, the shaded uh, the shaded there,
0: which which cl- are seem to be the colors we do perform really well in. We've had some great luck. Obviously, we won the last Super Bowl in these colors. We wanted to wear those for the Super Bowl. Um, so Shanahan changes the cap. Great choice, excellent choice. Second and last thing, and then we got to go. The best fallout of this has to be Debo Samuel versus Aaron Donald. Yes. On it's on social media. This is the best. So they interview Aaron Donald on the press conference and they ask him, How do you prepare for a player like Debo Samuel? And this this fucking guy he actually says he says he says who? And they go, Debo Samuel. And he goes, Who's that? And like just plainly like like just like F you. So then uh Debo. Posted on his page, on his Twitter page, you can go to his Twitter, Instagram, it's all there. He posted a frame of picture of Aaron Donald from that postgame press conference where he's like, I don't know who that guy is, and he put 3-0 underneath it, as in we've beaten them three times in a row now. Right. So so the best fallout of this is Debo Samuel versus Aaron Donald on social media. Easily my favorite part about this. Uh, we at the Gold Cast, just so you all know our official stance— We do not consider the Rams a rival. The Seahawks are a rival. The Rams and the Cardinals are simply background extras in the never-ending battle between us and the Seahawks. So, like, uh, sorry, not sorry. We don't really care about you. Um, And the last thing, if you were on our Instagram page, at the Goldcast, straight through, super easy, we released some highlights of our favorite moments from the game, which, in case you missed it, we're going to show you right now here on the GoldCast. So here are our three favorite moments from the game. Raymond, I thought those were incredible. What do you are, think? Those are amazing. <laughs> Probably the greatest clips I've ever seen for a 49er game. Just saying. Just the greatest, greatest clips I've ever seen. Uh, if you want to see those again and a little bit more, go to uh, Instagram at the GoldCast and you can see all those clips again but uh, good stuff. Raymond, we will be back later in the week. Let us know at youtube.com the thegoldcast what you thought the best moments of the game were. Tell us your favorite moments. What did you see? Can we continue this? Can we keep going? Can we push this into game two of the Gauntlet 2? Let us know in the comments at youtube.com slash thegoldcast. And we'll be back later in the week to preview our next game. Patriots, right, Ray? Yeah, we're flames in the Patriots. But before we go, um yes.
1: Game Balls. Who do you give your game balls to?
0: Ooh. Ooh. I mean, defense gotta go Verrett, right? That that interception for me, Verrett, was that I mean that was the that was the play. Offense, my boy. For the first time this year, Raymond, I am so happy to announce that we got Jimmy got a polo. We got the Italian Stallion. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, the Italian stallion, he was showed there. up. He was yep. there.
1: He showed up It wasn't
0: time. Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't Jimmy G. It was Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, hey, your money Jimmy Garoppolo. your money. Hey, hey, if you don't give us the money, Jimmy Garoppolo, going to break your legs. Who, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how I get my All right, all. so
1: I'm going to go. I'm going to match you on the defensive side. I'm going to give it to Jason Verrett because of all the – everything I mentioned earlier tonight. On the offensive side, though, I'm going to go – I'm going to give it to the offensive line. Zero sacks. Jimmy had all night to throw. So I'm going to give it to the O-line. Good job, O-line. Brunskill taking down the sack leader. Wow. That is impressive because they showed pictures of Aaron Donald without his shirt off earlier in the game. The guy is pure muscle, nearly 300 pounds. Oh, my God. He is a monster. So to, to stop him in that manner, not even to allow one sack. He had one quarterback hit all night long that is not, I mean, even in the games last year that we played him, Aaron Donald had better games, and we were a healthier, better team then. And he still had his way. So the fact that we did it, handicapped the way we were, just far more impressive. Uh, so, so
0: my game ball goes to the O-line. That is an excellent one, Raymond. I cannot argue even remotely. Excellent choice. Let us know in the comments at youtube.com slash the gold cast. Let us know in the comments who you think gets the game ball. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. The first. Boom. The The first. The first. I'm the third. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is the Goldcast.